0: Hello and welcome to this um, Minute Zero of As If, uh, the podcast where we talk about Clueless minute by minute, though in this minute we're not going to talk about Clueless, but, well we are a little bit, but we're going to talk about other things. This is the kind of pre-first minute episode where um, I, Darren, am going to introduce you to the other hosts who will be taking us through the first kind of like 40-50 minutes of the film. <laughs> Um, and, uh, first up, I'm going to introduce to Joel Torres. Hello, Joel. Hello. And Joel, you're going to be hosting episodes eight to 12, but where will we know you from previously?
1: Well, if you've listened to these other minute by minute podcasts, I've been guest on the Boy Next Door cast. What, what was that one called again? <laughs> A
0: cast, cast next door.
1: I just blocked these <laughs> things from my memory. Sorry. And then, uh, I was also guest, uh, three times on the talk a talking cast show
0: and um and you have your own podcast as well don't you
1: yeah i am one of the co-hosts of my own little sci-fi and fantasy movie podcast called please don't send me into outer space so i at least know how to record if that's what's in question
0: (laughs) 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 that's great and next up we have Karin. Hello, Corin. Hello. And where would people recognize you from?
2: Um, I was a guest, and I guess at the end of it, I wound up being an inadvertent host on The Boy Next Door podcast, uh, The Cast Next Door.
0: You're going to be hosting minutes 13 to 17, so... Yes, I am. I look forward to hearing those. Um, Next up, we have Dan Costa. Hello, Dan. Hello. Um, And where would we recognize you from? Uh, You may remember me from such podcasts as The Cast Next Door. I was a guest. And you never made it to host status on that one.
3: Fingers crossed for you
0: know the the sequel when the <laughs> sequel comes. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Dan has an actual life. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> and finally, we have uh, Park Parkinson. Hello, Park. Hello. Now, I'm going to say this: you were the you were on the first ever minute of the cast next door. Yes. And you were also on the last ever minute of the cast next door.
4: Yes. I bookended.
0: And in between, you went from being a guest to being a host.
4: I did. And then I also got to host a couple of bonus episodes on on various other talking animal movies. Sequels to, sequels to <laughs> Spiritual Brethren of uh, a Talking Cat. I mean, I know one of them is in the same universe. They're all in the same Pornhouse, so I think they're all, <laughs> as I said, spiritual brethren, at least.
0: Yeah, they're all they're all simultaneously taking place within, in fact, that place is so large, you could literally have, like, five different families living there, and they never run into each other, and it would it would be fine.
4: Uh, that's In my mind, that's how all the movies are. That's what's happening. <laughs>
2: for anyone who's just coming to this looking for a podcast about Clueless, they're going to be so confused <laughs> why you're coming to the broadcast.
0: That was the previous stuff that we'd done before. I was a host and guest on... I mean, I was mostly a guest on The Talking Cast, um, but I was also a host on The Cast Next Door. I'm also the producer and editor. And for the first seven minutes of this podcast, I will be your host, uh, taking you through all the important introductions... Um, in the film where we we basically meet we actually I was going to say we meet almost everyone, but we don 't because um, it takes a while in this film for for people to arrive um, so um you know what we 're going to be doing for the next four months five months <laughs> till sometime in <laughs> till sometime in august um, is we 're going to be talking about clueless minute by minute, and um you know personally when I saw clueless um i i think uh, a friend had rented it i was at i was at someone's house we'd had a party the previous night where we'd done a lot of drinking um at the time i was in university and for some reason i don't know why someone had rented clueless but they had and we watched it and i was aware of Alicia Silverstone from all the MTV movie uh like videos that she'd done for Aerosmith um but You know, I recognize the funny thing is I recognize the plot of this film because I thought to myself, this seems quite a lot like the novel Emma. Um, (laughs) 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 Now you laugh, but here's the thing: like I had, I'd studied Emma at uh, for 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 my English literature A level, so I knew it quite well. I'd written about twenty to thirty essays about it. But the the film Clueless, nowhere in the in the credits does it ever acknowledge that it's based on Emma. There's literally nothing that says that. Um, So. I, yeah, I know, I was just a surprise. So Amy Heckling <laughs> takes sole credit for being the writer of this film. Uh, she doesn't even do that thing that they did on the first series of Blackadder, where they used to say, additional material by William Shakespeare. Um, she just basically, <laughs> you know, has written and directed by Amy Heckling. Uh, now, being a fan of the film, I know that the behi- the behind the scenes, um, Miss Geist, who is the teacher that gets set up with Wallace Shawn, was actually also a writer on the film. Um, she gets she gets like a an executive producer credit towards the end, You're and that about was
1: Skippy. I believe, <laughs> yeah. believe the actress's name is Skippy Twink something. Twink, oh, twink Kaplan. I'm calling her yeah. Skippy Twink. <laughs> <Yeah>. You can <laughs> understand I why I would like make Skippy that mistake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she she actually was like a, the writer on set with Amy Heckling, but nowhere in the film do they ever acknowledge that it's based on Emma. But that was the first thing that stood out to me was I recognize this plot line. Um, and you know, I really enjoyed the film. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, it gets like 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it was a, it was a critical hit. Uh, it made a lot of money for it, for its budget. So it was also a financial hit and it kind of set Alicia Silverstone up for the next kind of few years until she did Batman and Robin. And then she stopped making films for some reason. so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm.
2: The nipples on the bat suit traumatized her.
0: So I just want to ask you guys about, you know, your thoughts on Clueless. um, And kind of, if you remember, like, seeing it for the first time or, you know, if you can recall that. Because obviously, for some of us, that might be a a while ago now. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to kind of go backwards from the way I introduced you. And I'm going to ask Park first uh, if you could tell me what you remember about Clueless. I can say, at the
4: time it came out, I had no idea it was based on anything. uh, And I hadn't read... Any Austin, I, I hadn't read uh, Emma, and I did not see it when it was new because it was about the kind of I when it came out in the summer between my freshman and sophomore years in high school, and it was about exactly the kind of people I hated, and I <laughs> saw constantly. I didn't yeah. live in like a very rich neighborhood or go to a very rich school, but it. But you know, I think every every high school has. Has people like share, and they were exactly kind of people that no. I avoided the f- out of. Uh, sorry, yeah. the hell out of. I'm keeping the swearing to a, a minimum. You only podcast. have
1: one f word in this podcast. It's <laughs> 30- <laughs> yeah, it was
4: mine. Um, oh, then I'm in trouble. It, 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 it exactly, it was the kind of people and the kind of situations that I I did not like, did not want to involve myself in, did not want to know. I think I saw it for the first time uh, in college. Uh, it, you know, just was on by by the time I was in college it had become one of those movies that was on TV fairly regularly, um, and and saw it and found it to be surprisingly charming. I think it was probably after I'd already seen Legally Blonde, which I know Reese Witherspoon <laughs> was actually a someone who was considered for Cher's role, and and uh, and I, I enjoyed Legally Blonde, and I think I was just kind of being less snobby and and picky about. Uh, what I was introducing myself to, and so *Lewis*, and and of course you enjoyed it. It's it's a very charming movie, um, but at the time it was out, I was much. I think it, that came out. I want to say the same year as *Billy Madison*.
0: Um, it's a very different view of high school. And, I think *Billy uh, Madison* was was ninety six.
4: Was ninety six? Okay, off, so yeah, around the, the top same top time, within with yeah. like six months to eight months of, and I, and, <laughs> and that that view of night of high school where um where the O'Doyle family gets ah. their comeuppance <laughs> was much more satisfying to me as a as a fifteen year old nerd and geek <laughs> and dork. So so it was a while before I came across it, but but I did and enjoy it. And since then, I also became a Victorian literary scholar and uh <laughs> that probably has something to do I, I feel like if it came out today it would probably be called jane austen's emma with no explanation as to why they changed the um setting to uh, modern american high school they would just say that but
0: do you know what's funny is like the year after clueless came out there was like two film adaptations of emma and then there was like a mini series of it like it was really <clears throat> weird how in the space of like four years there was like four films about this particular text, and I'm not even like it wasn't like an anniversary or anything, so I don't know why all of a sudden everyone was like, "Oh, do you know what? Would be great, a really selfish girl as our main <laughs> character." You know, I don't,
4: um, I don't know this, but I'm curious if the other, if anyone else knows this. I didn't pay attention to the to the to the advertising, starting the film, the time, or the discussion because I didn't want to see it, but. Did anyone else remember when it came out? Was anybody talking about Emma? Like, it was, were people basically aware that it was based on a novel, a, a 19th century novel, or did anyone really know or care?
3: I think I remember after the fact, after the fact, like, um, uh, after it was a hit, like, they were saying that Emma came out and, what was it, a, a TV production, Darren?
0: Or the uh, other Emma? There was also. There were a bunch of yeah, there, there was also right um, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow, like the Gwyneth Paltrow one, came out like a year oh, yeah. after. Gwyneth Paltrow. There was a bunch of them because that
2: was right after *Sense and Sensibility* right. came out and did so
0: right. well. Right. Okay, that makes sense.
4: I do recall the Gwyneth Paltrow Emma as
0: well. Um, Dan, as you as you vaguely remembered, the year it was released, tell us who, uh, when you first saw *Clueless*. So *Clueless* actually
3: came out the year I graduated high school, and I think I felt the the same way Park did. Like I had such a resentment. For the quote-unquote cool kids. And um, it was hard for me to think of them as a sympathetic main character. So um, I think I avoided it when it first came out. But in 1996, I worked for Blockbuster at the golden age of Ah. Blockbuster. So every night... It was inescapable. (laughs) I took home a video game and a movie. And I watched a movie and a video game and played a game every night. And so I remember watching clueless with friends and actually liking it. And you know, the fact that they do start off with the people that you probably at that point did not like the most. And then you did find (laughs) sympathy for it. It, I remember liking it and, um, it's easy for me to say this now, but definitely, um, um, Oh shoot. Now I'm blanking on his name. Who's the, the ant man Who? Who plays Ant-Man? Paul guys. Rudd. Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd thank <laughs> Paul you. Thank you. I was going to say he made an impression on me, but obviously not too much. <laughs> America's sweetheart, Paul Rudd. <laughs> he I, he is extremely charming in that movie, and he has continued to be so. So I I, I would say that that's my main memory of uh, you know being against it before I was for it. <laughs> hey, Corin,
0: what, do you remember?
2: Okay, this is gonna make everybody else feel really old. I was nine when this
0: movie <laughs> came out, um,
2: <laughs> so I remember seeing this before um, I actually even knew what high school was like, and like at that age where high school still sounds like this amazing, exciting thing. Where you're, so, you're going to be all empowered and like, I'll be able to drive a car and I'll be able to like stay out late and go to parties. And I'll be one of the cool kids, obviously, because who fantasizes about being the dork in high school? Um, until sort of after the fact, yeah. you realize, oh, it was actually much nicer <laughs> to be one of the dorks than it was to be one of the popular kids. So I saw this. Honestly, I cannot remember the first time I saw this. I think I saw it about a year after it came out. Um, I remember what house I lived in. I lived in Maine. So I was... I either saw it the year it came out or the year after it came out and like loved it and was totally charmed by it and of course hadn't even ever heard of a person called Jane Austen um let alone a book called Emma just sort of like saw it periodically throughout my whole growing up and like I think probably didn't get like a lot of the stuff in it I either my mother fast forwarded through or I didn't get until like (laughs) probably the time I watched it before agreeing to do this podcast. I was like, oh, oh, that's what they're talking about, drugs,
0: right.
2: <laughs> okay, now I get that. Now I'm, a, I'm an adult.
0: Your mother didn't want you rolling with the homies, I believe was the, uh, the phrase in the phrase.
2: <laughs> you know, rolling with the homies, I don't think she would have had so much of a problem with because I don't think that she would have ever really understood what it was, but my mother was smart enough to know what a doobie is, so... <laughs> And so, did not want sweet little innocent fifth grade Corey to know what a doobie was.
0: I was gonna, um, like, I was saying like in the film, like, um, not wanting to spoil too many minutes, but there is—it's not like an anti-drug message, but I wouldn't say the film is like pro-drug because they, they particularly are not kind to Travis. Um, for the majority of the film, they're like, "Oh, avoid Travis. He just gets high all the time. You don't want to be associated with Travis." Um, yeah. So it's they it, kind
4: of turn around. Well, like, yeah. I don't wanna yeah it's,
2: it's about moderation, like and Travis becomes acceptable when he gives up smoking, like yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah,
0: there is that yeah it's
2: it's not the movie is not my anti drug, but it's also, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so like I am prime target audience for this, we have to have at least one woman as a host, right <laughs> like,
4: <laughs> otherwise it's I like, did not middle me until men? you said that what a sausage fest the. I'm I'm
2: deeply amused by all you guys being this into this movie because this movie is like youth for me um and I've never found it anything but incredibly fun and charming
0: I mean I'm gonna say this though um like although the poster has like three women on the poster um although they're all meant to be 15 so three girls on the poster Uh um like you get just as many like Paul Rudd is is it takes him, you know, 12 minutes to get into the film. But he's featured as highly and has his own kind of like separate little storylines going on, Um, you know, with him doing like the paralegal stuff. And then obviously all the stuff with Dan Hedaya, you know, he, 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 and the stuff with Christian. And then, of course, you know, you have like Elton um, and uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, of course, Donald Faison's character as well, whose name escapes me at this particular point. Um, Murray. Murray, that's it. So, like, there are there is like a set of male characters, and at the end of the film, they are sitting together at the table. And of course, you have Mister Hall, who you know him. Who gi- him giving the low grade is the impetus for the entire plot of the film. Um, so you know, they it's are there. Like-
4: they're certainly, uh, male characters are are significant, but I think, I mean, as as a viewer, I'm far more concerned with the with the internal life of the female characters. I mean, particularly Cher and, um... And I can't remember Brittany Murphy's character's name. Uh, Dion. Dion, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, the other people are all... I'm mean, Not that I liked Paul Rudd. This is, it probably is the... Maybe the second movie I saw Paul Rudd in. Uh, I mean, the, the first one that I, he was in that, it was, that was big, but I, I'd already... And it was a while before I saw it. But, um... I wasn't really, like... Ha- there was, was the only relationship I was invested in at all, and I was much more invested in her finding happiness than I was in them getting together.
0: Now, um, but Joel, you know, tell me uh, if you remember the first time uh, seeing the film. Well, in, uh, <clears throat> sorry, in 95,
1: <laughs> I was 14 years old. So this was a the ripe time for this to come out. I'm pretty sure I did not see it in the theater because it's not the kind of movie I would have gone, you know, I was an obnoxious teenager who only wanted to see action movies or something similar to that type of thing. But it definitely was kind of a big thing in the town that I grew up in because of Alicia Silverstone. Uh, The one of the Aerosmith music videos, the one where she bungee jumps at the end with her impossibly with her pierced belly button, that's crazy. Crazy. Right? Crazy.
0: crazy. <laughs> Everyone's Jeez, like that's
4: what? crazy. That's crazy. That's the first time I saw that's the first time I saw it. The oh, saw I've the never seen
3: that.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ, Corn, it's 3 minutes long. Go to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I've never
2: seen anything. I
1: agree. That scene is crazy. Oh, you mean the movie. <laughs> uh, but anyways, there's a part where she's like running downtown through the town I grew up in. So, ah, um, it's there you like go. Immediately recognizable, so we're all like, "Oh, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, yeah, yeah she's making it. Oh, yeah, we gotta listen to three other Aerosmith videos." Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I must have seen it on VHS at some point because, like I said, it was just super popular around where I was, and I always liked it. I liked it in a way that I never liked. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a movie snob now. And I've, I've, I've never liked Ten Things I Hate About You, which is another
0: popular teen movie a uh, couple years later from that. Um, Four years later? It was 1999 was the glorious summer of ten things. She's all that in American <laughs> Pie.
1: Mm-hmm. Never liked Save the Last Dance, which is oft, often grouped in that same area, although I don't think they're high schoolers in that, are they? I can't I, let the phrase
4: glorious summer for that slip by, Darren. That, <laughs> they are I had to say something. They are what also- the fuck? Save the right la- right? Save the Last
0: Dance was two. Save the Last Dance was two thousand one. Okay, so even
1: farther ahead, but yeah. Clueless is a legitimately good movie. Like, watchable, quotable, just fun to put on. So it's it's. I've got like a little piece of my film heart has Clueless tattooed on it.
4: <laughs> that was hurt.
0: Well, it hurts every time, but it's worth it. <laughs> Mentioning other teen movies, um, I was going to say, growing up, the one thing that, like, I mean, I saw, uh, like, some kind of wonderful and uh, Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, you know, the usual John Hughes films, when I was, like, 13, 14. Mm. And as a 13, 14-year-old not in America, the idea of being, like, a teenager in American high school seemed, like... A lot of fun slash terrible, um, depending on the film, obviously <laughs> um, you know um in weird science you 've got Iron Man dropping slushes on your head, um, you know so uh, like how do i mean obviously you 've already mentioned you didn 't like ten things, joel, um, but how do you how do any of you feel about like the genre of Like teen movies, mostly like high school movies. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. I counted my DVDs, and I've got about thirty different high school movies. (laughs) So I'm a big fan of this genre, and not just the John Hughes stuff, like the kind of you know, um, the the kind of Kirsten Dunst, Reese Witherspoon stuff of more recent decades, and obviously you know, like Mean Girls, uh, right up to stuff like um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, you know, like if you, if you've got a bunch of teens that are in American high school, I will pretty much watch that film because (laughs) it just, it just seems like it would be fun apart. And I'm going to say this though. I think when I was about like 18 or so, I saw welcome to the dollhouse and I was like, yeah, that seems like it's probably a more accurate (laughs) depiction. (laughs) Like there's no John Husing in that one. It's, it's literally like a terrifying experience where the main protagonist at the end basically just accepts that she hates herself.
3: I think um I think Angus is a really little known gem. If anybody's seen that one. Um, what is it? Which one? Angus. Yes, I've seen Angus. Angus? Oh, yeah. Angus, good soundtrack too. Um and it's of course about a,
1: it's about an overweight kid. Yes.
3: Yes. And um uh Dawson is the bad guy, so look for that kid. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um of course uh, directed by Amy Heckerling also Fast Times at Ridgemont High is well,
4: I think, what you said, Darren and and Corin, that this this goes to you know you're falling in love with a movie at like age nine. I think that the time when you have no idea about what high school will be like, when it's not even looming as a potentially threatening thing like it is when you're in middle school, but when it's uh, uh, just a whole, like, a different world when it's, like, two schools away. When you're at elementary school, that's the right time to be, like, fall in love with a high school movie. So, like, for me, like, I was nine years old when Bill and Ted's, the first Bill and Ted movie came out in 89. And that was probably, I know it's not quite the same sort of high school movie, but it's, <laughs> but it's about a high school project. No, it just, it's they throw there. in science fiction. <laughs> but it's about a high school project and sort of, like, the problems that High school students often come to grips with in high school movies. You know, they're failing school. One kid's afraid he's going to shift off to military school. Those are very high school movie, you know, uh, uh, difficulties to surmount. And um, you know, I I was uh, I was too young to to really fall in love with John Hughes movies at the time. Those were already out of the theater. And if you were like me an only child didn't have, like, an elder sibling who was bringing, you know, those VHS into the house, my parents were not going to rent, you know, um, Pretty in Pink. So, you know, I I was like, the the movies, the high school age movies that came out that I liked came out when I was in elementary school. By the time I was in middle school and high school, I already knew those people didn't like them, who were going to be the center of all of those movies, because almost all of those movies are about rich kids. Or at least kids that looked well off to me. You had like I one mean, or two kids who were either nerds <laughs> or poor. And usually their thing was they were nerds or they were poor. And so I tended to not like those movies.
0: I mean, I'm going to say Some Kind of Wonderful is about Eric Stoltz, who's like not that rich. He's like really poor and he likes the rich girl. So, mm. the, in fact, yeah, John there,
4: Hughes. There are so too. I'm just thinking yeah. of like 10 things I hate about you. And you know where everyone in the school learns the same super cool dance for the prom. Um, that's so uh. realistic. And uh, yeah, people whose proms <laughs> had
0: choreographers.
4: You know, a, a lot of those movies, even like the high schools that's not they shot. Ten hate them.
0: about you. Well, that's yeah, that's not that. ten things. That's she's all that. That's yeah. she's that's all, all that, that part. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and that scene <laughs> and that scene was only put in that film because the runtime was short by five minutes.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Plus, they were like, I we twice. hired Usher. <laughs>
4: I stand sit, corrected, but the well, yeah. 10 things I hate about you, like their house in 10 things I hate about you, and the school in 10 things I hate about you. He's uh, an OBGYN, I mean, he's y-
0: like- though. The dad's an OBGYN. He's a doctor. He makes a lot of money. That's the excuse in Clueless as well. Her dad's super rich. LBGYN? She makes a lot of money. O-B-G-
4: OBGYN. Yeah. OBGYN. Well, that's why I was just confused. Not LBGYN. <laughs> <laughs> what the L was in LBGYN. Um <laughs> Yeah. So no, it's 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 perfectly plausible. It's perfectly plausible in those movies. It was just, again, it was the kind of people I, I mean, did not like two, in
2: my real life. Two movies that are based on, like, they're based on one's based on Shakespeare, one's based on uh No, that's she's all, that's
0: she's all that. Yeah. She's all that.
2: So yeah. So these are all things that are based on literature from earlier periods, and it's not like there were like there were not literature wasn't something. For the masses during the periods at which those things were Like, I mean, you know this way better than me, Parker. Like, I was going to say, I, I, literature is for I, the I, masses, not starting particularly in Victor- of Shakespeare. In the Victorian era.
4: Shakespeare was, in fact, for the masses. <laughs>
2: okay, but it wasn't about the masses nearly as much.
4: That's true, very often. Like, you're not going to
2: get funding to, to write yeah. your your play about the masses. You have to still write it about all of the rich people so that they will I mean, <laughs> to
0: mention yet another teen movie, which is Get Over It, which is a fantastic film. Actually, I think it's a terrible film, but yeah, I like it. it, it? I, don't, I
2: don't think I've ever seen that one. Get Over I've
0: never seen it. <laughs> that actually takes um, Midsummer's Night Dream as like a basis, and they have it as a oh, play God. written by... Um, one of the three amigos. What's his name? Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Ma- Steve
2: Martin, Martin? No. Short.
0: Martin Short. Yeah, Martin Short's like a a, a theater guy, Nobody and he's said like Chevy Chase. he's he's th- a theater teacher who's written a version of Midsummer's Night Dream that's also got like singing in, um, and that's also kind of done as like the basis of the the actual film itself. Um, can, can can I just say that sounds really bad? I don't want to. No, <laughs> no.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm with Joel. Kirsten Dunst was charming in it. Like I think, I think, I think the idea of like t- taking other, th- other, th- other kind of like things and basing teen movies on them is always like a stronger thing than just like writing a teen movie. Like if yep. you just write a teen movie, it's gen- you have
2: to be John Hughes to get away with
0: it. Yeah, like High School yeah.
1: Musical. Which uh, famous novel or play was Bring It On based on? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to bring It On. War and Peace.
4: That is actually uh, yeah. Two Gentlemen
1: of Verona. Oh,
0: very nice, <laughs> little known,
4: fact. I can't even tell if you're joking.
0: <laughs> it's, it's based on Henry the Fourth, Part Two. Uh, <laughs> think...
4: That's when uh, when the one char- when the one when the main character's drunk friend dies. Oh, when yeah. She sentences her to death. That's Falstaff. <laughs> mm, thrilling I
2: joke. don't remember
0: that. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what happens to, uh, to Faith and Buffy. Oh, you know what?
2: Can't Hardly Wait wasn't based on anything. That was one that I really imprinted on.
0: Can't, ha- can't Hardly Wait. Can't I would just, yeah. Wait. Yeah. I, I
4: make the argument that that American high school movies are about high school in the way that Woody Allen films accurately portray living in New York. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly.
4: Oh, it's it's about it's about romanticizing the best of that experience, and so I think while you're that age, they often appeal to people who are having the th- experience that's like the romanticization, you know. And it's and it's doesn't appeal to a lot of people that, unless you know it's sort of an aspirational. I, know, right? I think
2: they can be aspirational, right? Like, yeah, I knew a lot of. I I think this is probably more true for women than it is for men. Um, because there is, like, you do get that mean girl sort of thing going on in an in American high school. them, I And I have no idea if this is as common in Britain. I assume it is because teenage <laughs> girls are horrible creatures. Um, I was a horrible creature as a teenage girl. And most of my fellow teenagers, like, teenagers in general are horrible creatures. Absolutely. Yes, like, I get agree. This sort of like, qu- like, queen bee wannabe bullshit going on where everybody's sniping at each other and you feel like, well, if I could just like get into that in-crowd or get into that like just one more step, just be a little bit cooler, then everything would be fixed and it would I would be in this idealized world. And I think, like, I saw Can't Hardly Wait when I was in high school and I think that one of the things that I loved about it was the relief of realizing, oh, this all ends. And then you <laughs> leave and none of this bullshit matters. It gets better.
0: <laughs> It gets better.
2: Exactly. It can't hardly wait. I loved it as a, as a teenager because it gets better.
0: <laughs> now, I'm going to say this, that like a lot of those films rely on. And I think this comes from The Breakfast Club of delineating people into cliques. Uh, like that is the big thing that kind of yeah. goes through a lot of these these films. Now, here's the unusual thing about Clueless. Having watched it um, <laughs> recently and gone through the script minute by minute um, in preparation for this. There are no jocks, uh, like there are no kind of like geeks, like you, th- basically you just have Cher and her friends and then you have the rest of the school is just an amorphous blob that loves Cher and her friends. And,
2: I will disagree with
0: yeah? I'm, I, just, I mean, because
2: they they have that moment where they introduce Dion to the like oh those are the the um school TV or school magazine or whatever like some kind of artsy media yeah. thing. Yeah. And they think I'm, that I'm that's the only thing that matters. Story. and then there's the, the burnouts yeah. and but those are the only ones they go through but they do establish them as cl- like as clear and distinct clicks.
0: I mean, yeah but I mean that's like that's literally like a handful of like 10 kids. Like just, and that's only as a lead up to introducing Elton in fullness. Yeah, and that, like
2: that—that that crowd is as the the only guy's worth dating.
0: Yeah, and I and I, it's funny that like Cher declares like straight away at the beginning of the film she doesn't want to date a high school boy, uh, and there is obviously that famous um, thing where she kind of like doesn't want to be a traitor to her generation, um, where she kind of goes on about the fashion, which b- bizarrely enough, I think is still kind of prevalent like 20 years on where kids are kind of like dressing like they just woke up and she doesn't now it's
2: now it's throwback
0: yeah Yeah. well yeah it's popular yeah yeah yeah, so like like a lot of other films though kind of um particularly high school films kind of like work on the basis of here are here are the super popular kids here are the super unpopular kids and it's usually about an unpopular kid crossing over into being a popular kid. Can I say,
4: as an unpopular kid, <laughs> that's always how I imagined the powerful kids in school saw me. As yeah. just one member of this amorphous blob <laughs> of people <laughs> that only became noticeable if they banded together with others of their same ilk and created some sort of, uh, you know... Uh, 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 oh, see, my high school community. experience
2: was very different because it was my high school had a graduating class of 50 people, so there were like there were the popular kids because there's the popular kids in every high school, but everybody knew who everybody was and was all up in everybody's business and like, yeah, like, so, like <laughs> you, you had that feeling of being on the fringes, much, like as an individual much more, and then, like again, if you could just say the right thing, then you'd be in, and it would be magical, and and you would be cool.
4: I think the only the only uh, television or movie property that I really enjoyed when I was this age that was about the high school experience was Buffy, because it was yeah. weirdly, I think in a lot of ways, emotionally especially, a surprisingly accurate portrayal of what being a high school student was like and what it felt like, and that... The most populous, the largest group of people in the high school were the nameless victims. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> something about that really spoke to me. Um.
2: <laughs> uh, you were expecting to be taken down either by a slayer or by someone
4: that the slayer there's, there's this line from uh, from a Christmas story where the kids talking about his elementary school, which was Warren G Harding Elementary School, which is sad in and of itself, where he says at his school you were either a bully, a toady, or one of the hordes of nameless victims. I think is the line, and um, and just that's I, I my graduating class was about um, four fifty, and that totally felt
3: accurate yeah i was in i would say i was what they call a poser for the skate <laughs> the skate <laughs> skater kids and oh, nice. yeah so but they were the they were kind of they thought they were the badasses of the school and i was one of the smaller kids so i was like i gotta join in for protection and <laughs> and, it and we we had a um we did have a beef with the preppies. We call them some reason. <laughs> it's like, they were the preps, we were the skate rats, and it was just like an ongoing feud at my school, and, uh, and, uh, it, you know, they did were- you guys
2: do like the Jets versus it Sharks? It really man? was.
3: And I would be like, you know, <laughs> like in the background, like, just not wanting to join in on the fight, but
0: just be a cool skater, I thought. Listen I mean, to- did you have Marvin the Martian on your skateboard? That's the thing. Oh. <laughs> I did have one of
3: those hip hop um, Marvin the Martian T shirts I think. <laughs> with o- with orange pants. Jo-
0: Joel, you're the you're the only one who um, who grew up like on the West Coast where this film is set. So I assume that this is like a documentary to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, Donald Faison was there. It was weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you did you know, just hang out at um, your school a lot. You guys talked about the mostly light-hearted comical teen movies and one of the ones that i watched a lot in high school uh, because my father liked it a lot was stand and deliver and that had that probably was the most accurate <laughs> view that i'd seen of high school <laughs> uh because it wasn't i mean it wasn't dead serious like that movie is all the time but like we we didn't have money or anything like that and it was a you know basically split down the middle of 50% white 50% Mexican and I I myself am half Mexican so you know where do I fit in I have no idea uh, but <laughs> uh, like uh, my my girlfriend Sarah she saw that side the clueless side she saw people who dressed like Cher she saw the mall. She went down to Santa Monica, you know, on, on weekends and stuff like that, and Contempo Casual and, and places
0: like that. So, <laughs> And like, you were Lou Diamond Phillips, were you? Is this what I'm you're trying, trying to say? <laughs> say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah.
4: going to ask Darren if you knew Santa and Deliver, because I didn't remember it for a second. It's it's sort of like a to Sir with love, right?
0: With Ed- Edward James Olmos.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A less attractive to Sir with love. Sorry, Edward James almost What?
1: <laughs> oh. How
0: dare you? Ted Sidney Poitier, people.
4: Sydney Poitier. This is not a debatable topic.
0: I don't think anyone is saying that Edward James almost is beautiful. Let's put it like that. Uh, with apologies <laughs> just, to, to E.J. That, that sounds right harsh now. when
4: you said Hang it like that. I was just comparing him. I wasn't saying he was an attractive man. Jeez, saying, he
1: shows up in Blade Runner and you're like, who's that handsome guy who doesn't speak <laughs> English?
4: <laughs> Some people like that. Seal found a wife
0: going around does anyone have favourite? i mean obviously we've mentioned a lot of uh you know uh, team movies here but do you kind of have any favorite team movies that you would kind of recommend to people um i mean not only like stand and deliver for joel not only like accurate kind of uh, approximations of his mm. high school but just you know films that you enjoy that kind of of this genre uh we'll start with you joel because you just you know brought up stand and deliver so i'm assuming you enjoy that but are totally. there other others uh, other than Clueless itself, uh, I really don't.
1: I mean, I like Mean Girls, so if yeah. you haven't seen Mean Girls, there's absolutely no reason not to watch Mean Girls because it's just fun. Yeah, uh, I like. Uh, what what is that one where? Uh, Can't hardly wait is kind of a special movie. I don't. I don't know if it's good. It's special. <laughs> <laughs> it, like especially the way it's written and the like those actors that are in it uh are kind are kind of like a it, it's like a snapshot of a certain kind of actor that I have no idea exists anymore because I don't watch current teen movies and uh this is one that takes place in high school that has absolutely nothing to do with high school life, but i I want to throw it out. If you haven't seen Ryan Johnson's brick, you should watch it yeah that. oh yeah. yeah, I was
4: gonna you stole mine oh sorry. Oh hmm. uh, uh, well, what no, else? What else no, do you no, have, Park,
0: uh, in the tank? What else do you have? Uh,
4: uh, uh it's uh, Carrie. Um, <laughs> comes to mind. No, I. The, the <laughs> things, things that the feel things. Feel that, good movie <laughs> about high school. <laughs> <laughs> I, I changed my mind. That is the most accurate. <laughs> it's accurate emotionally. Um, my best friend is a vampire. Uh, my taste often run towards you know. Um. Uh, more like fantastic than uh than real. Uh like Rushmore is in its way, oh. you know, a very offensive movie, but uh, I love yeah. Rushmore. Um Good choice. probably in terms of like movies I saw when I was about that age that really like I glommed onto and enjoyed, I should probably Rushmore is is an ant. especially because he goes in Rushmore. He goes from a kind of school I would kill to be at, and it was actually a little bit like my college. He goes from that school to the kind of school I went to. Um and and that that was really cool. Um I really like that. Brick is awesome. If you haven't seen Brick, I feel like Rushmore probably won't won't need as much uh help. But uh Brick was certainly got really good reviews, but I don't think it, it got the viewership that it
1: deserved. He's just fell um, under the
4: radar. Yeah. Uh I would say cut, uh, a joke on the ones we already mentioned, since we already talked about Sand and Deliver and um, To Sir With Love, uh, the very terrible High School High <laughs> um, starring, <laughs> <laughs> starring uh, everyone's favorite John Lovitz. I actually do really like John Lovitz. Yeah. Um, yep. is really bad, uh, but in like a thoroughly enjoyable way, and I think it's very aware of how...
3: Goofy, it is. I'm going in the the assumption that everybody has seen all the John Hughes movies because you can watch any of those. They're brilliant, beautiful movies. Um, well, most of them. And I would say uh, <laughs> the Way Way Back from a few years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. one, and getting to watch that with a teenage my my son who's around the same age as the protagonist. Um, it's it it really hit him and me at, at the same time, and I think it it. Um, has an excellent performance from Steve Carell, and um, it's worth watching. And if if people haven't seen
0: Angus, please watch it. It's great. Well, I remember it being great. And Corinne, I'm assuming you have a slightly different view on this. Uh, I
2: have a long list of teen movies that I can. <laughs> <recommend>. <laughs> I'm not going to give my full list of teen movies that I. I, I mean,
0: recommend. you can you can save some of those for your episodes later on.
2: Yeah. Uh, ones that I I think Jawbreaker is really underrated. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's so much fun to watch girls be evil to each other. Um, (laughs) Like, I love Heathers for
4: the same reason. Heathers, Um, yeah.
2: Heathers is so
0: good. Uh, I love the mutterings of approval there for Heathers. Oh, yeah, Heathers. (laughs) Yeah, of course, Heathers.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Other on ones Wednesday. I really, really love Back in the Day. Oh, you know, here's one that I'm going to put in as a plug for a good bad uh, movie is the Bratz movie.
3: Yes. It's
0: <laughs> so much fun.
2: Like, it is the stupidest thing you will ever watch, and you will be incredulous that you ever watched it, but you will still not hate yourself after watching it.
0: I'm
1: changing my <laughs> answer again. That's what my iSchool was like.
2: It's like Bratz. <laughs>
0: Are yeah. you saying it was like Brass, Joel? Oh. I was one of, I was one of the dinosaur kids. looks
2: kind of prison like to me. I
0: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to say like obviously I've already mentioned Welcome to the Dollhouse but there's like I mean I mean like I say I've got a ton of different ones but like I don't think anyone said anything about Ghost World which is not really it's not really you a high school them. film because it's it starts with them graduating but I think like the it kind of deals a bit more with the idea of what do you do after high school? Um and whether or not you should be having sex with Steve Buscemi, which of course you should always like, be having sex with Steve Buscemi. So <laughs>
4: no. the man was <laughs> a fireman. <laughs> that that yeah. movie is for high
0: school students who don't like high school movies.
2: Oh my god, that's so true. My my freshman year roommate at college was obsessed with Ghost World.
0: Yeah. And I okay. obviously I love She's All That and Ten Things I Hate About You. And since we've mentioned Mackay Pfeiffer, I'll bring up O, which which was the uh the Julia Styles. Uh, Mackay Pfeiffer tell- retelling of Othello set in a high school, which got delayed because of Columbine. Uh, so, and I will say that I think that, like in terms of like teen movies, there was a bre- kind of after Columbine, there was a little bit of a break because it was like um high school is no longer a happy place where people are concerned <laughs> about dating the hot girl or or whether or not you know they they can make their own prom dress it was more about oh are we going to get shot today by a pair of psychopaths nobody's so,
1: recommending elephant oh, yeah.
0: yeah i, <laughs> I mean <laughs> in terms i guess in terms of some people's high school experience elephant is very accurate but you know i and obviously i've already mentioned like get over it and uh, but I think Pleasantville is an interesting one as well, because it kind of takes oh, that's a that was one. toby that's a good one, yeah. Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon, who were kind of like modern kids, which I say that now, and that's like from seventeen years ago or something and th- like them experiencing like f- a fifties high school experience I think was quite funny because it's kind of like uh the almost the way that we would view like the eighties is the way that they view the fifties and it's it's kind of like with these weird rose tinted glasses uh, and more that recent we- stuff. I would say Juno and, like, Easy A. Um, oh, Easy A, yeah. You know, I, again, Easy A, like, if you base yourself on <laughs> classic literature, I don't think you go wrong in terms of, you know, of of being, like, a, a good film. Um, and in addition to Jawbreaker, I'd also say Sugar and Spice, which is about some um, cheerleaders who decide to rob a bank.
1: Oh, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> that I like that movie. Uh oh. you know, talking I, about
4: talking about comparing the eighties to the fifties, nobody mentioned Back to the Future, which is not oh. a not a high school movie, but it's very yeah. much a
1: teen movie.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't and like I,
1: that movie because Huey Lewis also rejected my band from
4: I You know what, I like that movie and I still unap- un- unapologetically like at least a couple of Huey Lewis and the News songs.
0: I'm going to say we've kind of covered, well, you know, uh, everything kind of but Clueless because that's what we're going to be doing for the next uh, 97 episodes, <laughs> is, get, is drilling good. down and talking about, um, you know, the, the various different points um, about that film and... Uh, so I'm hoping that this has been a taster of what the various hosts will be bringing you. I'm going to be starting it off with seven episodes. <laughs> um, and then Joel will be taking over um, with episodes 8 to 12. And then Corin will be doing minutes 13 to 17. And then Dan has got you for 18 to 22. And then Park has you.
2: So, because this is such a, a quotable movie, and because um, I'm the only woman, I, I want to make you guys all quote Cher Horowitz and, and do your best impressions of her, as you will. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to, Darren. You can edit this out. But, but. Well, I regularly quote this movie. So. I.
0: Do you know what? I. Funnily enough, I. When. Um, when she has her big speech, where she suddenly realizes, and she. She's in her head. She's like going through all the different things about josh and then she gets to the end and she stands in front of that fantasy she just goes i'm in love with josh and it's just the way mm-hmm. she kind of says it it's just like oh right yeah it took you it like it's like you took you this long to figure out it's something that everyone else watching the film is like yeah of course you love him go on come on get a grip share um because
3: this is all i can think of right now i'll say as if
4: <laughs> i i would i would add uh Uh, I please remind you, it does not say RSVP on the Statue (laughs) of Liberty. (laughs) Thank you very much.
1: Okay, I'm going to do two. Uh, The one that I actually quote uh, at least once a week is, I totally paused (laughs) on my way to the stop (laughs) (laughs) sign, And uh, one that, spoiler, is from my minutes section is... uh, when Claire is, or uh, not Claire? Oh God, Cher! Jeez, uh, Cher is talking about. She's talking about something else, and then she gets distracted. She goes, "Ooh, Ooh Snickers." Snickers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to to do. I totally paused. Yeah. Like, I run into the problem of actually sounding like a valley girl sometimes um, because I grew up watching movies like this. Whatever. I totally pause. Wasn't my mama Betty? Up, so, so Thank you guys for indulging me. I'm sorry. I no problem.
0: You. Goodbye, Darren. So, I, well, I'm going to thank everyone for joining me, and I'm going to say, um, you know, goodbye. In the order you'll hear them. So, goodbye, Joel. Bye. Goodbye, Karin. Bye. Bye, Dan. Goodbye, and goodbye, Park. Goodbye. So, thank you very much for everyone for listening. Uh, Good night. <laughs>